Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. It's bang on 8.30 here on SENZ Extra Time with Ricardo Ball through till uh, well, 9 o'clock. Then uh, Ben Francis takes over with At The Oki. We'll do darts for an hour before we hit tennis with Brett Phillips at 10 o'clock tonight. Uh, joining us now, uh, though, to educate me on uh, the game that is AFL is Justin Nelson. Uh, g'day, Justin. How are you doing? Hi, good evening. I'm well and... Some classic Aussie music to bring us into talking about Aussie rules. I love it. Yeah, mate, it's it's uh, it's got to be done. It's got to be done now. I, I will preface this this chat by saying uh, I don't really know anything about Aussie rules. Um, I could <laughs> I could make a gag about you know how you get a point for missing, but I, you've probably heard that before. Um, what I did do once was when Wellington did a deal with St Kilda to have three home games uh, hosted in Wellington. The first one I thought, okay, well, if this is going to get a a foothold here, I will sit down and I will clear the house, make the family go out, and I will watch this game and I will figure it all out and see what it's all about. And I fell asleep in the second quarter. Um, So, (laughs) um, and that, that, you know, that that was just me going, maybe because I didn't understand it properly. I don't know. Uh, I mean, it might have been because it was St Kilda versus Carlton as well. Uh, You probably have some thoughts on that, Justin. But uh, (laughs) where should we start? Well, truth be known, it could have been because you had a very hard night the night before. (laughs) But anyway, we won't get into that. (laughs) Uh, Look, um, it it is a little bit surprising that, that the game hasn't, taken off uh, as big as you know certainly what's experienced through the through the southern states of Australia in, in particular I mean from Melbourne the likes of Auckland and Wellington are, are pretty much closer than Perth but look what I can say is is over in Australia it, it is the biggest ticket in town it is the biggest game oh, I know there's a lot of NRL fans here in in New Zealand you know NRL has um, a a pretty good position uh, in Queensland and, and New South Wales, although the uh, AFL code is growing there rapidly, um, really, really quickly. Uh, but across those southern states, you know, especially you know Western Australia, South Australia, Victoria, and, and, and Tasmania, AFL is incredibly strong. And as, as we're about to see this week, you know, the, the Sydney Swans are into another grand final. They really have been one of the powerhouses over the last two decades. Uh, so the game is alive and well in Sydney. Saturday night against the Magpies, the Swans got up by a point. 46,000 people packed in to the Sydney cricket ground. And uh, they're about to head into a grand final. Up to 100,000 expected at the MCG this Saturday in Melbourne to take on Geelong, another powerhouse over the last two decades. It's, uh, it's going to be a really good grand final. When was the last time, and it, you, you, forgive me for not knowing the answer to this because it's probably recently, but when was the last time you had an AFL grand final without a Melbourne team in it? Oh, no, it happens regularly. It's it's not an uncommon thing. Um, it, it happens very regularly these days. Of course, there's two teams 
in the 18-team competition, there's two teams based out of Western Australia, two teams out of South Australia, Adelaide, uh, and uh, and two teams in, in Sydney and two teams up in Queensland, in, in Brisbane and on the, the Gold Coast. So it's not an uncommon thing these days. The interstate teams have been very, very dominant uh, over the you know 30-odd years of what is now the AFL. Uh, and the AFL was born out of the VFL, the Victorian Football League, back in the... Uh, up until the late 80s, uh, early 90s. The Sydney Swans, uh, as they are today, actually started as South Melbourne. They were a Melbourne-based team up until 1981 when they shifted north due to financial uh, problems and became the Sydney Swans in 1982. Uh, And that was probably the start of becoming a national competition back then. So it's been going for a while. What do I need to know as somebody who's new to the sport, doesn't know it, doesn't, you know, I mean, I know it gets played on cricket grounds. It's a big oval. It's, it seems to be quite a lot of space. Um, there's quite a few people out there. Uh, what, what are the basics? What do I need to know to understand what I'm watching? Yeah, look, the basics, 18 players on each team on the ground at any one time. Each team also has four substitutions. Uh, those players can come on and off the ground. All the players can come on and off the ground at any time. And each team, I think the rule now is each team's allowed 80 changes per game. Uh, so it is very, very hectic. The game doesn't stop for a change. It's rolling substitutions. Uh, it is frantic side points. The game itself is is four 20-minute quarters with the clock stopping. So each quarter generally goes for about 28 to 31 minutes, depending on how uh, many goals have been scored. Six points for a goal, one point for a behind, which uh, is either side of the big stick, so to speak. A goal, the six-pointer is through the big sticks. Uh, Although if if a, a, a goal or a kick for goal is touched and still goes through the big sticks, that's a point as well. Um, Probably the other thing uh, that is of note for absolute beginners is this is a a 360 game. So you can go forwards, backwards, sideways, um, by hand or by foot. And then on top of that, you know, much to the disdain of fans at the best of times, there's a whole myriad of other rules as well. But they're probably the basics. Okay, okay. And, And what about positionally? I mean, there's 18 blokes on the field. I mean... I know they don't have scrums and things, but so what are, what are the different positions doing? How many positions are there? Yeah, so six players start as, as forwards, six players start as defenders, and six players start uh, as what we would call midfielders or across the centre of the ground in that big square that exists uh, in the middle of the ground. Uh, when there's a, a ball up, you can have four players in there and then you have uh, one player on what we would call one wing and one player on the other wing, and then six players forward and six players back. It actually, the game today has a 6-6-6 six, six, six set to start with, so players actually have to start in their designated zones, and then as soon as that ball uh, gets tossed up or, or bounced down in the middle, uh, it's on for young and old. It, look, it's a very, very athletic game. You know, some of these players are running 20-plus kilometres a game, uh, you, you do need to be an athlete. It's a different body type uh, to what uh, Kiwis would, would you know, see in rugby, for instance. Um, these are very athletic players. You do have, you know, your more, you know, heavier set uh, midfielders. You know, they can sort of be around that six foot to, to six foot three 
range, even some midfielders these days are nudging 6'4", which is quite remarkable. Um, but a very athletic game. I think anyone who does sit down and, and watch Aussie Rules, almost to your point, you know, when you watched all those years ago, it's it's frantic. It just doesn't stop. I've also heard a term, and maybe you can clarify this because I assumed it was a position, but what's a ruckman? <laughs> so the ruckman is generally the biggest player in in a team, and the ruckman is the player that jumps up at the uh, at the ball up uh, or the bounce down in the middle of the ground, uh, and, and they're the player that, that jumps up trying to get their hand on the ball. It's it's one v one. Uh, and they're trying to knock it down to their to their on ballers or their their midfielders, uh, which are usually you know the more nuggety rovers and and, and ruck rovers, uh, those midfield players. So that's the ruckman. There's there's a there's one that goes up for each team every time uh, the game does stop. And you know probably the one thing that that sets the AFL apart in terms of the speed of the game is when there is a stoppage, it restarts really, really quickly, uh, which, of course, is a bit of a gripe these days in uh, in rugby, for instance, where it tends to stop for a while. Yeah, it does, mate. It just stops for a long time. Uh, now, I, I did play a few years ago, well, quite a few years ago now, I did play a season of Gaelic football. And from my understanding, Aussie rules is kind of related, although Gaelic football is more like, soccer football than, than it is Aussie rules, I suppose. Um, how close are those two games? Oh, look, I mean, there are some similarities, probably related as much as, you know, me and your sister, for instance. So I mean, it, it is separate at the end of the day. I'm not sure if you've got a sister, by the way, but you have now. Um, it, it round ball, oval ball, you know, you can move by foot and by hand. So there are some similarities. Um, the, the goal set up and the field set up isn't, you know, overly dissimilar. Gaelic is, is more on the rectangular field, whereas obviously um, Aussie Rules is on an oval. Uh, so there are some similarities, but both games, you know, have evolved and uh, have their own, you know, position. I think the other thing that's quite remarkable about AFL is there's 1.2 million paid members of AFL teams. So these are people you know, that pay big money to reserve their seat for the home and away season doesn't always guarantee them a ticket to, to a final. Uh, there's 1.2 million, uh, which is quite remarkable. What, what's that? One in 20, one in 22 people in Australia is actually a fully paid up annual member of an Australian rules team. It is very, very tribal and is worth a lot of money. The, the most current TV deal that they've just signed uh, which is is the next passage of their broadcast rights was worth four point five billion dollars. So there's a lot of people that follow it, and uh, there's a lot of people who pay money for it. All right. Well, I know that you're a Sydney Swans fan, and uh, and I also know that you're from Melbourne. So I, I take that you were a South Melbourne fan and just went went with them. Yeah, I grew up in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne, and I actually lived uh, over the back fence of uh, a former South Melbourne player by the name of Mark Browning, um, a, a, a left footer, halfback flanker, great defender, had a, a very um, uh, star-studded, illustrious career uh, with South Melbourne. And, and as a young fella, uh, he was living with his uh, with his mum and dad. Um, over the back fence and uh, once I found out that there was a, a footballer who lived 
over the back fence. I literally constantly kicked my football over the back fence so I could run around to his house, knock on the front door and ask him to go and get it. And and that's how I became a South Melbourne supporter. Would have only been probably five or six at the time and um, uh, started following South Melbourne because because of the neighbour. And, uh, yeah, 1981, they packed up stumps and, and uh, the end of 1981 packed up stumps under financial pressure and moved to Sydney. And I think at that time, you know, I was probably only about nine or ten. And, uh, yeah, I was just passionate about it. You really are born into the game. Uh, in Australia, and I was I was that passionate about the the red and white, the bloods, and just didn't want to give them up. So I became a Sydney Swan supporter overnight. Uh, now, so I mean, you know, if we're talking about, I know a few Kiwis that have been to Melbourne, and and you know, it seems to be if you're going to live over there, you have to have a team. Like not supporting an AFL team over there means you 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 know you basically can't have conversations with people uh, to some extent. Um, so if if you get no, up, it's very it's, it's it's very very true. What what you're saying is very true. You can't go into a workplace or into a bar or something like that uh, without having a team because invariably when you're meeting somebody for the first time, the first question will be, who do you barrack for? Right. And if I said Manchester United, they'd look at me blankly? (laughs) The conversation wouldn't last too long, put it that way. Right. Um, But mind you, there's some unbelievable rivals, especially in Melbourne, where 10 of the 18 teams are based. I mean, that is quite remarkable for a national competition in itself but as soon as you start talking Carlton and Collingwood in particular mm. Essendon Richmond really big Melbourne based teams uh you know the the banter and the warfare uh is on in a major major way so i mean if 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 you're going to get into this game and you're going to pick a team how do, how do you reckon people should go about deciding who they're going to follow well most people who come into it for the first time you know ask you who's on top of the ladder and that's the team they start following. You know, I think Hawthorne over the, the glory years of, you know, the, the, the 2010 to 2018, probably 2008 to 2018, um, you know, they, they had a really good sustained run. So there's a lot of, you know, new Hawthorne supporters that have come out of that. Um, yeah, I, I think it is about success if you're new to the game, but it can also be about the fandom and the, and the colours. Um, I mean, there's a lot of people overseas internationally who support the Sydney Swans because, you know, they know Sydney is a destination city. So that tends to be a team that they jump on as well. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, like, I I met a guy who was living here uh, from Australia um, who was a big St Kilda fan, so big, in fact, Maltese geezer. He, he had the, they call them a Guernsey, don't they, rather than a jersey or a shirt. Is that right? Guernsey? It used to be, yeah, it used to be called a Guernsey. Probably called a jumper these days, but yeah. you know, back in the day, it was a Guernsey. Yeah, yeah. He had the his whole back was tattooed like he was wearing a St Kilda uh, jersey. Um, so he's a big, he's a big. So I remember talking to him about it. And when I was a kid growing up here, much like um, the reason I support the Parramatta Eels in rugby league is because when I was a kid, we only got it once, maybe once a year on a Sunday. You get the highlights of the grand final and. Invariably, at that time, uh, early '80s, it was always the Bulldogs and the Eels, and, and you know uh, Peter Sterling and Brett Kenny looked pretty exciting. So I ended up supporting them. Um, and from an AFL point of view, it always seemed to be you know the blokes and the crunchy rappers when I was a kid as well were were were, uh, were the team doing pretty well. Old, old Hawthorne. So um, yeah, I, I, I suppose that's that's kind of how you got to go. It's either a, a family connection or or a memory, right? Yeah, it is, and and definitely from a from a supporter um, 
you know, viewpoint, family is very, very strong. So, yeah, there's, there's great stories that and, and fantastic yarns over the years that do the rounds. You, you know, if you if you support a different team to to your old man, or you know, you you, you invariably uh, have to eat dinner in another room or uh, sleep outside. And it sounds strange and weird saying that, but I'll tell you what: there's been a lot of family arguments over the years at dinner tables uh, when it comes to to AFL. Um, it's not unlike you know other sports. I, I guess they're pretty much the same. But the AFL, especially with ten teams based in Melbourne, uh, has built up just an incredible uh, rivalry. And you know you've only got to look at the numbers that turn up to games. This week's grand final at the MCG on Saturday, uh, it'll nudge a hundred thousand. It's it's quite remarkable. Home and away games, um, you know, regularly are up over 70, 80, 90,000. And that's just for a regular home and away game. Yeah, it's crazy, mate. It's crazy. Now, I, I, uh, let's talk about the grand final because I, I suppose the other thing that AFL have over NRL at the moment is they've listened to the fans and the final is at 2.30 on a Saturday afternoon in Melbourne. Um, so you're not up to stupid o'clock if you're on this side of the ditch watching it and you probably don't have to <laughs> sit, sit through Phil Gould pretending he's Russell Crowe and Gladiator either. <laughs> Look, it, it, it is probably one of the things that the AFL has got right over the last five to ten years. They've really taken on a mantra of listening to the fans, of going and talking to them, surveying them, you know, really um, digging deep into what the fans want. Uh, and they're delivering a product based on what the fans want. They've put the fans at the middle of the decisions that they're making. And it's made for a really exciting product. I mean, there's a lot of people in the media this year that are calling the AFL uh, 2022 season the best ever. Just the style of the game, the speed of the game, the high scoring, you know, the stars and the way the teams and players are connecting with the community and just, just the whole event package, the show that they're putting on for the fans. So it is a strength um, at, at the same time. Uh, you know, it, it, it generates a lot of money. It's, it's one of those competitions that is very firmly focused on revenue as well. I mean, these teams, these big clubs turn over a lot of dollars. Uh, so it's a big business. Yeah, massive business, mate, massive business. It's, it's huge. I mean, one thing that I have heard that the AFL did this year, which I really liked, was, um, you know, and we saw this, I, I guess, it, it, they made the point, around uh, Penrith and the NRL with a, a round to go had already won the minor premiership. They had nothing to play for and they rested something like 14 frontline players for the last game of the season, um, which could have had a knock-on effect, you know, and the rest of the ladder and, you know, top four, etc., uh, depending on the draw. Uh, but the AFL don't do that. They give everybody a week off after the regular season is finished, so there is no point in doing it. Um, and then they doubled that by saying, well, you know what, if we're going to have a week of no AFL... Let's put AFLW launch week in the week when there's no men's games at all, so all the focus goes on the women's game. Um, I thought that was incredibly clever and something the NRL could probably learn from. Yeah, they, they, look, they've really evolved the way in which they do their business. The, the reason why that uh, buy came in or that week off came in after the regular season before uh, the finals started is very similar to what you, you know, you've seen in the NRL. A number of years ago, I think it was North Melbourne, uh, heading into the finals, literally rested half of their team, if not more, going into the final game of their regular season. They couldn't move anywhere on the ladder 
so they just rested them all, and it was a bit of a farce, um, much what you're describing at the moment. And they actually changed it. They went for that buy-in between, and it's cleaned all of that up. But a masterstroke this year, getting the AFL women to start in that week. AFL women's in its seventh season, and there's more than 600,000 girls who now play the game around the country. It, it is an incredible rise uh, in that particular, um, in, in, in AFL women in the particular game, uh, right across the suburbs and the regions, uh, across a number of city centres. All 18 AFL teams, now men's teams, this year for the first time also have an AFL women's team. So 18 teams playing the national competition, live television coverage, lots of media, good crowds going and attending. And as you said, a masterstroke to actually start the season during that bye weekend this year.